You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It's hard to believe, but yeah, it was January 25th, three weeks ago, uh, when Patrick Brown became an accused predator, the latest man to be taken down by anonymous allegations, his career to be wiped out, his closest advisors bailing, and the party he had led turning their backs. I think Brown was a dead man walking to a lot of people. Cameras chasing his every move. And for three weeks, Patrick Brown went dark. But now he's fighting back. Patrick, his sisters Fiona and Stephanie join us now in studio. Good to have you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us on your show, Alex. And, and I want to be really clear. I've said this before. No secret. I will reiterate, reiterate for transparency purposes. I did for a time work on the campaign side. Uh, for the PC party before coming back into broadcast. I think that's why it gives me a little bit of a different perspective, so to speak. I get a different uh, glimpse of this whole thing. And, of course, I know you uh, – I mean, is, I'm going to date myself now, but I knew you way back in the day in Barry when I reported on you as a really young reporter for the new VR. So I've known you a while uh, reporting back in the day. Um, we have a lot of ground to cover, and I will get to the lawsuit and CTV a little bit later. I do have to talk, uh, start on the topic that I think everyone seems to be asking about late in the day because something came across uh, Twitter and we had the first leadership debate and the question was, you know, all of caucus had been under the impression you had resigned three weeks ago and then news today is that you're not. Can you clear up the confusion? Are you or are you not the leader? My only focus is on clearing my name. I'm certainly not uh, going to get into technicalities of what, what happened that night. Certainly caucus would have raised I have their voice, I think, right now if you were... Uh, it was any different. I mean, someone would have raised a red flag if there's anything. The only thing I'm focused on is clearing my name. Okay, let's let's go through this. I want to take us back to the beginning um, of that night. You learn that you are accused of sexual misconduct. You're given about four hours to comment. You are with the people you trust the most. What do they say? What are they advising you? What are they telling you? Well, the first thing they asked was about these allegations and I said it's absolute lies it's it's BS it's it's not true and they said okay well, well we're gonna fight it uh, stay tuned we're gonna draft a, a statement and uh, um, we're gonna fight these uh, um, allegations were you under the impression that you're getting good advice that you trusted these people uh, yeah I did trust them I, I I'd worked with these people for uh, a while they had you know my team at Queen's Park had uh, evolved and been built, preparing for the campaign. We brought some people in with really good reputations, uh, uh, and and I thought they were uh, preparing uh, to mount uh, the best defense to these fabricated uh, allegations. How seriously did you take them? I mean, you know, when a TV station comes a calling saying you've got four answers to to answer to these, uh, did you feel like you had a fighting chance? Did you did you understand the the severity of this? Absolutely. They were horrible, horrible allegations. Uh, it, it, it shocked us all. It shocked me that anyone could say this about me. Um, why? Why, why? Why would they do this? The, the entire thing was bewildering. Uh, and uh, um, I, I think at first, you know, how to respond and, uh, and when to respond, you know, th- those were the decisions that I relied on my team uh, to, to make. They made the decision that I should have a press conference that night and uh, uh, clearly state uh, uh, and sincerely uh, that uh, there's no truth to them. So what time did you 
find out. When did you learn? Did you immediately go to your family? Well, yeah, I actually, um, my, my family's very close. And so when, when I heard about these uh, um, allegations, I, I called uh, my parents. I called my sisters and uh, and said uh, what was being alleged. And uh, I said, I've got a, a team here working to make sure that uh, we can prove that they're um, incorrect and fabricated and, and lies. And uh, I told my sisters uh, not to come over. Uh, and because they immediately wanted to come over. They were worried about me. Um, and uh, they came over anyways. <laughs> and that moment was like for you? Uh, it was horrific. It was like and uh, just living a nightmare. Uh, Fiona actually called me. I was working. I'm a dentist. I was at work. Fiona called me. I was working the, at the, in the evening. And Fiona called me which uh, at my office, which never happens, and said it's an emergency. And uh, she told me it was happening. Um, it was just like living in slow motion. I immediately canceled <laughs> whatever I had left. And we went down, spoke to Fiona. We were being told not to go, go to Patrick. And, of course, we felt that we should. So we went down and we just waited outside, waited till we could be let up to see him. And... Uh, Basically, nobody said that we could, so then we just decided to go up anyways and uh, just be there and see him because we knew immediately that this was completely fabricated, um, like just such a gross misrepresentation of who he is and his character. Like it's uh, it's impossible to articulate how how far from the truth any of this could possibly ever be. So... Uh, yeah, we just we just wanted to to be there and help him through what would obviously be a very very difficult time. Did you understand, Fiona, the the cost? I mean, this is politics. There are different rules when it comes to politics. Did you, you know, looking back now, did you understand uh, just how swiftly and quickly and, and essentially what a bloodbath this would be no. for Patrick? No. When my sister and I, you know, we we thought there was something tough, something challenging was going to happen. Um, we thought it would be a bit of a fight, but I mean, the allegations were so incredibly and obviously false that we thought that that would come out and be clear very soon. Um, and yeah, just, I mean, my brother is both the kindest and the strongest person I know. So in the moment when we heard these allegations, I thought this is going to be difficult, but I, I did not have any doubt that we would overcome it. Let's go to your presser because, Patrick, it was very hard to watch. I want you to take me through that moment when you're in front of those cameras. Did you fully understand the allegations as you were talking to the cameras of what was going on? I understood the allegations and I wanted to state that they weren't true. I wanted to state that they were fabricated. Uh, uh, and, and that's what I set out to do. The The team that I had hired at uh, Queen's Park uh, um, leading uh, up to this uh, provincial campaign that we're about to face. Um, you know, they, they drafted a, a statement for me. Uh, they thought this would be the wise choice to go to Queen's Park. Uh, um, and uh, the, the, the whole thing it got, it went from worse to worse. Uh, the, the, the people that designed this for me, I, I found out after I'd given the statement that they, they had quit without even telling me. All right. So that leads to my next question. I mean, they quit uh, probably seconds after you were seen being chased through the, the halls of Queen's Park. And 
you know, you're the leader of the opposition. Normally, you would have staff shielding you. Mm. Normally, you would be led into a different room, but you were essentially left mm. to go down two or three flights of stairs into the car. You mean you were not shielded mm. by anybody? Why? Well, actually, I thought that was meeting them uh, uh, after the press conference. Uh, so um, the team that resigned, you thought you were meeting them? Yeah, I, and and I and I get their their they were political. Um, uh, mercenaries per se, they're hired to work uh, uh, at Queen's Park on campaigns, and I guess they thought uh, these allegations were serious enough that they, it was better for them to uh, flee. Uh, but you know, by making that decision, they, my sisters actually wanted to be with me at the press conference. My sisters wanted to be at Queen's Park with me, and they were told they weren't allowed to. Um, and so the, the notion that I'd be walking out by myself, uh, um, you know, was uh, certainly one of the many unfair aspects of this. But you know, to, to be honest, Alex, as as much as that night um, was horrific. You know, I the biggest travesty uh, of all of this is the fact these were made up allegations. And who's ever behind this, however this happened, um, that's not right to happen. That's not right. If it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. Um, and, you know, I, I've gone over the last uh, week and pointed out how these allegations are Fabrications. We've had key witnesses come forward. Uh, major holes develop in in in, in how CTV uh, did the story, the yellow journalism that it was, and I think that's the bigger travesty. You know, I, we're on the precipice of a provincial election where I'm leading the polls. Our coffers are full with with funds. We're winning by elections. We have no business uh, winning in Sault Ste. Marie, Scarborough, Rouge River. We've never been in a better position. And if the leader of the opposition can be um, taken down through uh, a big lie. Um, who's behind this? And and that's what I think there needs to be more attention on. We will pick up on that very topic of the inner team and the betrayal, where it came from, coming up after this quick break. It's 8.13. I'm with Patrick Brown and his sisters, Stephanie and Fiona, here on Point. We'll be right back here on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Joined by Patrick Brown and his sisters Fiona and Stephanie uh, live here and uh, just just having a little family debate over birthdays. Apparently Patrick was right. He corrects Always. your age. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I want to go back um, to to the inner team. I think it's important for people to understand um, the characteristics of, of the people that were around you. Um, we had talked about that they quit. Like seconds after you finish that press conference and i'm not sure you could do that that quickly to me and i think a lot of other people it would look like it was planned um did you see that coming at all no not even uh i didn't think there was a remote chance of that happening you know they're the ones there saying uh, how we're going to fight this uh and so uh uh you know they had been uh hard-working staff for the uh previous uh months in some cases uh, years with some of those uh, team members and so it was uh flabbergasting to me that, that that could happen. Did you hear anything from them other than, like, how did you find out? I came back to the apartment and someone said uh, they had quit. They had put it out on Twitter. Yeah, I, I and, and that explained why they weren't waiting for me uh, after the press conference. Did they at any point tell you that uh, if you did not step down or if you didn't, uh, do that they would resign? Or did no. they say, we're going to do this and we'll, we're going to stick by no. you? No, the, the most that uh, one of them said was, this is going to be really tough. You feel betrayed? Absolutely, I, I, I feel betrayed. But, you know, that I haven't had a lot of time to think about bet the betrayal because my focus has been on showing that these stories are fabricated. 
Do you feel that you were set up? I mean, there are a lot of stories out there as to how this happened, but do you feel, looking back now with the context that you have now, do you feel that you were set up given that tweets went out immediately, you've got a campaign team that was your inner circle, and they moved uh, pretty swiftly over to another campaign, uh, being Carolyn Mulroney? I certainly think political adversaries uh, were behind this. Uh, um, I know there was some suggestion that it was inside the party but uh, you know I'm uh, you know I I have a strong belief that it may also be uh, outside uh, um, the party uh, it just it uh, it's very suspicious uh, like I said before here we are in the best position we've ever been before in an election more money than ever before more members than ever before winning by elections uh, we were on a fantastic roll we raised the most money in Ontario political history the previous year we we were on a tear, and we had a great policy document that I, you know, was widely uh, praised uh, in the media. The People's Guarantee. It was a thoughtful balance, a, a path forward for Ontario. And so, uh, who benefits from this? Uh, who benefits from this? Uh, from these lies? And uh, it, it's it's just too suspicious. It, it's it. Uh, I knew knowing these stories uh, were false uh, that someone must have put them up to it. Okay, so then have you heard from any of them? Have I heard from any uh, former staff that... Uh, well, I mean, quit? you spent months and months and months with these people in very close proximity. These are people that you would have told everything to. These are people that spent, I mean, enormous amounts of time in a very trusted space. Have any of them at least reached out to call you, to talk to you? No. But 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 let me say that as much as the individuals who quit that night haven't reached out, I, I've been um, touched by the fact that so many uh, candidates, uh, a number of caucus members, uh, uh, frankly, thousands of party members uh, have reached out uh, through uh, email or phone or, or social media uh, to offer their support. And... Um, you know, he, that's what's given me the strength to, to fight this piece. When this all happened, I got hit by a truck. But in the reaction I got back home, um, you know, I I was going, I didn't want to see anyone. I, I was essentially hiding from the world. And the reaction I got back home in Barrie um, uh, and from the broader party uh, was what gave me my, my voice back. What did your mom say? And I'll let any one of you jump in, Steph. I mean, what did, what was your mother's reaction? What she, What has she gone through? There's literally no words to describe the horror that this has been. This is, you know, people say, what's your worst nightmare? You know, being accused of something that you didn't do. And like this, this is that. And to watch, I have a mother of three, and to watch your child go through something like this and be vilified for something that he didn't do at all, that it was fabricated, it's been terrible. My mom, we're all very close. I sit with my, like, I see my mom every day. She helps me a lot with my kids. And uh, it's terrible. It's terrible to watch. I look over. She's reading to my, one of my kids. And she'll just, like, burst into tears. It's, it's, and she is so strong. Like, she is a super strong individual. And, and it is horrific. It's, she can't, like, sleep. None of us can. Like, anybody, put yourself in these shoes to know that somebody that you love and care about, that they were um, the victim of this, like, beyond terrible character assassination. I mean, there's just, 
I, I find it difficult to articulate because there is no way to articulate how horrific and how terrible and how much of a nightmare this has been. There's no way to quantify the the personal, um, just, it's just been so, so terrible. And I'm sorry, I can't say, say it eloquently. <laughs> well, look, you both have been part of the campaign. You were both there for the rollout of the People's Guarantee. And you've both been there as Patrick built the party over the last couple of years, expanded the base. And that's all gone. Yeah, and I mean, similar to what Stephanie just said, it, it was tragic. It's been very tragic. My heart truly broke, and I don't think there's any more words, just because my brother is such a, you know, he he's the most wonderful human. I just wish I could be 5% of the, of the person he is, and that's not an exaggeration. And to see, you know, it's just so hard to understand why anyone would want to do this to him. And it was something that was done to him. He's the victim here because these allegations are outrageous. You know, anyone, everyone I've spoken to, the overwhelming majority is furious at the allegations and the way in which CTV has stood by the story, notwithstanding the fact that in the fourth paragraph, they reveal that one of the girls has recanted. So my brother is the victim here. Notwithstanding that, what I will say is I am overwhelmed. It it makes me emotional to describe how the support that people have, you know, poured in. And I'm not exaggerating when I say close to, you know, it, it's 500, 600 messages that I've received from people saying, I've tried so hard to get a hold of your brother. Just the other day, one of an individual I met on the campaign called me and said, I've called your brother 50 times. He's crying. He's saying, you know, I haven't gone to work. Um, I'm just so upset at what's happened to your brother. It's not right. Um, I haven't been able to get a hold of him. Can, can you let him know that, you know, I'm thinking of him every single day? Like people are furious at this. So the outrage and the support is overwhelming. And, you know, I'm just so immensely grateful for it as our our whole family. I, I want to so ta- thank you. And I want to I want to go back to those days. So a couple of days after this happened, then your staff part, part of the staff is fired out. Um, you know, people start leaving. And then the questions of of uh, casting doubt on ethics, questionable membership numbers, questions of 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 quote rot uh, are brought forward by Vic Fideli who had been put in as interim uh, leader and the cast of, of, of doubt was the doubt of cast was cast onto you so what do you say about this alleged you know essentially corruption that you were, were being accused of well I guess when there's a, a change in um, leadership they want to make sure that uh, they uh, um make that break as clear as possible. And by trying to tarnish those who were before you, it makes that uh, political exercise, that political manipulation uh, easier. Um, Unfortunately, uh, these people who were uh, uh, making these allegations, they were attacking the party they'd been part of. You know, um, the same people who started attacking the party were the ones who were uh, celebrating its success a week before. I remember Vic Fideli telling me how he felt the party had never been stronger and how he was so proud uh, to serve as my finance critic, and he had never been more proud to be a member of the PC party, he told me. Uh, um, the reality is we have a lot to be proud of, so I, I, I don't get that those, um, those criticisms. Fact, we've never won this many by-elections and had such a, a record of success electorally in between elections. Fact, we've never raised more money never had a bigger uh, difference in funds raised than the Liberals. 
fact. We've never had, even if you look at the membership discrepancy, whether you look at uh, Vic Fidelli's numbers or the previous headquarters numbers based on when memberships expire, either version is more members than ever in party history. And so to have anyone dismiss the success of the party um, is is insincere, and, and they know that. And, and frankly, I remember going into caucus after we launched the People's Guarantee, and it, it, essentially it was a standing ovation. Everyone was so proud of the policy platform. Heck, even the Toronto Star praised it. Uh, it, it was a home run. But you've got caucus members that you've been working with for a couple of years, and all of a sudden Lisa McLeod, Vic Fideli, all these people are coming out and, uh, you know, comments of disgust and, and all these uh, pretty uh, vicious words used against you. Were you surprised that you didn't have more uh, a chance to, to, dis- to defend yourself? I mean, the one question I hear more than anything is, why didn't you defend yourself that night? Why couldn't you have defended yourself better that night? Well, the team that I had entrusted to prepare my communications, uh, um, you know, they, they thought this was uh, the best way to go about it. I trusted them. Uh, I, I didn't know that uh, um, you know, they were going to uh, abandon me. In terms of some caucus members who piled on, obviously I was the outsider when I ran for the party leadership. I didn't have much caucus support. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I ran uh, the, the first leadership poll said I had 2%. Uh, and the margin of error was, I think, 3%. Uh, um, no one gave me a shot. Uh, uh, I was attempting to change the PC party. Uh, and when I won the leadership, there was a lot of people who might have had hurt feelings. Uh, uh, frankly, Lisa McLeod was one of the individuals where, during the leadership campaign, I resoundingly won in her own writing. Her own staff members defected to my campaign, and there was some bitterness there. Um, I tried to always treat her with uh, respect. Uh, I kept her on the on the front bench. I protected her from a nomination challenge but you know obviously I kept on hearing that uh, that animosity that animosity uh, uh, lingered and um, you know I, I tried to keep the team united I tried to forgive people um, and work with everyone uh, post leadership but uh, you know sometimes people can't forget uh, um, past uh, divisions Alex Pearson here with Patrick Brown and his sisters, uh, Stephanie and Fiona. We're going to take a quick break here at the 830 mark. When we come back, we'll talk about these women, the allegations, and what exactly uh, was going through a politician's mind if they didn't believe that one day, maybe in a Me Too moment, it wouldn't come back. We'll talk about that all coming up next here on Point on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. You're on point, joined by Patrick Brown and his sisters, Stephanie and Fiona. And um, I'll, I'll ask you, Stephanie, um, you, we were talking about defending, uh, you know, Patrick, why he didn't defend himself, because a lot of people have said, you know, if that were me, I would have come out swinging and, right. and I would have defended myself. And you felt that that's... I feel like I actually have to shoulder the blame on that one because I was, uh, my mom and I, I was terrified. I was so scared. These allegations were fabricated Uh Obviously, um, to get these girls to say this and to say this publicly about him and completely make it up, I mean, there's some powerful people behind this. And to execute a political hit so, uh, I mean, with so much precision and a lot of planning would have had to gone into this. I was frightened to the point that I was genuinely like, I didn't know what else they were going to do because if they could do this, they could do anything. 
and who knew what their next steps were going to be. I didn't think they were going to stop until they saw him dead in the water with no chance to ever yeah. raise his head again. Stephanie and my mother were crying, saying, if they can make up two stories about you and kick you to the curb, uh, don't let them do it again. Just stay down. Um, and, uh, you know, I was worried. Uh, my uh, my mother and sister were crying, uh, worried uh, that, uh, uh, you know, these people could be more vicious to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's why I, I just sort of wanted to, to hide. And like I, I said in the National Post article, it wasn't really till I, I realized that I wasn't alone, that when I went for that surgery at the hospital in Barrie and every single person in the waiting room um, got up to shake my hand and tell me they believe me. And I went to the gas station and the same thing happened with the person running over to me that I realized uh, that the people at Barrie who knew me best uh, wanted me to stand up. They knew it wasn't me and they wanted me to fight. And that's when I, I called my former campaign chair and, and said, send me the list of these allegations. I got to look at them. I, I know they're fictitious. There must be a way that, w that, w that we can prove it. And that's when it started. It was after that day at RVH that uh, um, I uh, nervously told my sisters that I wanted to uh, fight back. So let's talk about the allegations and these women. Um, it took you a little bit of time to figure out who they were. Now that you know who they are, and we will not identify them, were you surprised? I mean, did you did it make sense to you at all that they would have come forward with these kinds of allegations? I was shocked. It, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, the The first allegation, it, you know, we were given an, a first name and the school uh, when they graduated, and so we were able to d d determine who it was through our own research. And I barely, I barely knew the person. I, I'd recognized the person from being downtown Barry, but I barely knew the person. And then we did the math. The allegation was 11 years ago, and it was uh, allegedly on the second floor, uh, my second floor bedroom where I closed the door. And then we realized 11 years ago, I didn't even live in the house uh, that uh, was like that. I, I lived at the time 11 years ago on the first floor, and I had an open concept, so I didn't even have, I didn't have a door, and I didn't have a second floor. And we're like, you know, perfect. We, we can prove this allegation is fictitious and CTV will have to apologize. Uh, um, instead, CTV changes their, their story and recants uh, elements of the story. On the second allegation, it made no sense. It was five years ago, but the person who made the allegation, uh, I always thought was a big fan of mine. Uh, they had uh, continued to work for me years later, uh, had liked all my photos on, on Facebook, photos of me in hockey jerseys, photos of me eating lunch, even liked a comment on Facebook that I was, uh, and this is well after she worked for me, liked a comment on Facebook that I was a great boss, a great friend, a great leader, would make a great premier. Even last year, called and asked me for help as a friend to help write an article that she was doing, asked if I could give her leads, and I did, and then she called my friends I gave her leads saying, you know, uh, Patrick's a friend of mine. And so just the whole thing was bewildering. I don't know who manipulated or why this would happen. Well, okay. I mean, this would be an opportunity for you to speak out. I mean, I don't know if you've reached out to either of these, these people, but what, what would you want to ask them? What would you say to them if given the chance? Be honest. Uh, it, it, to tell the truth. Tell us who put you up to this. Uh, this is just so horrific. It's... And to CTV to tell the truth. You know, I think CTV knows they blew this. And the fact that they're not willing to acknowledge they made a mistake, um, it's just wrong. It's absolutely wrong.
they do stand by their story and they have said that they stand by their story. But let me ask you this. I mean, let's talk about the rumors. There are a lot of rumors about a lot of politicians. Uh, we hear them all the time. Uh, you know, rumors that you dated younger women. Were you aware of the rumors? You know, we always heard that there might be um, a liberal uh, a smear and that the liberals were working on something. So we were trying to be uh, prepared. You know, we heard stories about when I became the leader of the party that the liberals had gone and a major newspaper had gone everywhere in Barrie asking about me and everyone generally said good things. And so we thought that went nowhere. And then we heard that they were doing more work. And so we were always worried uh, um, about a, a potential smear, especially given the fact that we had such an advantage in, in fundraising and, and in the polls that they might resort to something. Um, but, uh, you know, let me say, first of all, I don't know who did this. Um, but, uh, you know, we were always, we were always do you nervous. Ha- do you have your suspicions? I certainly have my suspicions. At some point, will you come out with those suspicions? Well, yeah, I, I certainly don't want to jeopardize our investigation, uh, but I'm going to turn over every stone to make sure we find out who did this. Okay, so then... I, I, actually, I want to add one thing, uh, one more thing to this. Uh, I support the Me Too movement. I do. I, I support the spirit of the Me Too movement. I just want to point this out. Uh, I'm an older brother to two... Uh, sisters and I'm. I was very protective growing up, uh, more protective than they would have liked. Uh, I'm the last guy who who wouldn't be supportive of making sure that every woman is is respected and treated uh, well. Uh, I I worry though that when you have false allegations, it diminishes the the entire Me Too movement, and and that's why it's important that when there's false allegations, they're they're exposed and that we show that they can't stand. These women say they have been relentlessly attacked online. Um, even if they're false allegations, do they deserve that? I just hope that they, uh, the CTV uh, will, will come clean and, and tell the truth um, and apologize uh, for uh, this, uh, the fact that I've been defamed. You know, the fact that the, the biggest of the allegations, which were that you were, uh, you know, somewhat of a predator with an underage girl, um, that has been now uh, debunked. Did you not ever think, you know, I'm a politician this may come back because I think some people will say that speaks to judgment. Did you not think, okay, this could come back to bite me? But come back to bite me. It, these, this didn't happen. They, they've recanted that part of it. But dating younger women. I, I've dated girls older than me. I've dated girls the same age as me, and, I, and I've dated girls who are younger than me. Um, you know, the, listen, my, my, my sister Stephanie. Uh, found the love of her life when she was in university, and it was simple. Um, you know, n- not not all of us are that uh, that fortunate. Uh, I think you met him at a baseball game, right, Stephanie? Or yeah, at twenty. Yeah, at twenty. Unfortunately, yeah. Patrick hasn't lived a life where he's been able to do that. Have you ever, either of you, ever been concerned ever of anybody he has dated of the age? No. Patrick, would you say something? W- would we say something? Yeah. We are known to be very vocal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that, that's understatement. They, they, <laughs> we have Sunday dinners as a family together, and uh, uh, there's no shortage of opinions on every topic. But you know that politicians are held to a different, mm-hmm. I mean, there are different mm-hmm. rules mm-hmm. for politicians. You will be judged far more mm-hmm. harshly. Mm-hmm. Right. So but you could look at his history, because he's had many serious relationships, and there's really nothing there that would suggest what they're tr- what CTV is trying well, to it, suggest. It, it, it's just not who I am. And frankly, my entire career, whether it is changing, you know, when I was a city councillor in Barrie, it used to be called alderman. 
And I said to another counselor, Lynn Strong, I said, why is it called alderman and not city counselor? An alderman is, it, it, it denotes a man. And I said, how can I have my younger sisters think that it's a position that's only for men? Let's, let's change this. Let's change it to city counselor. I put that motion forward at Barry City Council. As an MP, my initiative, my private member's bill, uh, when I was allotted uh, a slot uh, in, in the lottery for private member's bills, was on enhanced screening for breast cancer. Uh, when, when I became leader of the PC party, I made a, a commitment that we were going to run more women candidates than any part in, in, in any point in our party's history, and we've already done that. We've already passed that, that threshold, and, and, and we're going to set a, a party record. And so it, 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 these allegations were just so, so wrong and inconsistent with who I am. It's 844. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the party today, the leadership and what it's like to be on the outside looking in and what it's like to see everything you worked for torn away. It's Alex Pearson with Patrick Brown and his sisters, Fiona and Stephanie here. You're listening to On Point on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Great to have you here with us, joined by Patrick Brown and his sisters, Fiona and Stephanie, uh, let's talk a little bit about what has happened since. You're now on the outside looking in to a party that you spent a couple of years. Uh, I don't think people understand uh, the enormity of building the base from 12,000 to, to the numbers. Even if it is 127,000, that's a very big, um, big base that was expanded. And not just, um, you know, it was ethnicities, different faces, a lot of women. That is a, a much different PC party than than we had seen before. But now there's a leadership race to replace you. What is that like to watch? You know, it's worrisome that uh, this party that we that had so much success, that was so close to winning the June 7th election, is frankly some of the debates that are it, we're devolving into are you know, debates that I wish we, we already moved on from. The fact that we're now talking about sex ed again and climate change. Um, you know, I, I, I thought that... Uh, that page had been turned, and so uh, obviously it, it hurts me to see uh, the success of the of the party uh, uh, diminished. You know, I, I had poured my heart into putting the party into the position that it was. I'd poured my heart and soul, working seven a.m. to midnight and sometimes longer hours than that in every part of the province. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's it's not a pleasant thing to see. The the main plank of your your people's guarantee is gone is gone essentially. Uh, if one of these people win, and is the the carbon tax. Um, how do you how do you cost out a new platform by taking out one of the biggest revenue generators? Well, and and, and frankly, it's also a federal um, mandate, and so they may not have a choice. And so, if they're running on a platform that ignores the the federal reality, but that but but that's a different uh, debate. Uh, um, and frankly, I haven't followed the the leadership debate uh, as closely as you'd uh, um, expect, just because I've been focused on clearing. Uh, clear my name. Uh, I, I would say that um, uh, the the first three leadership candidates I've obviously all been trying to reach out and offer support. Uh, um, you uh, have, or they have reached out to you. Uh, they've they've all been reaching out uh, rather actively, um, trying to offer support. But uh, um, you know, I I think they're probably doing that that because that's the sentiment of the membership. Okay, and so Christine Elliott has said, if you can clear your name, she'd be happy to have you uh, in the party. Are you planning to run? You know, I all or there's a two-parter. Are you planning to run in your seat? Are you planning to step into the leadership by Saturday? 
listen, we're, we're getting calls of people encouraging me uh, to consider everything, and you know, certainly all options are on uh, the table. I love public service, but still, I, I, I've always loved public service, but you know, my focus right now is on uh, is on uh, clearing uh, clearing my name. Um, you know, I, I I would note that uh, uh, you know both. Caroline Maroney and Christian Elliott have been very kind uh, on the phone, uh, telling me that they feel what's happened uh, um, is is wrong and uh, offering me their uh, moral support. Uh, I know uh, Doug uh, had tried to reach me a number of times uh, uh, and uh, and certainly made uh, comments on CP24 that uh, he thought uh, what happened was was wrong. Uh, um, have anybody in caucus, has anybody, Lisa McLeod, Vic, have any of those people reached out? Well, not Lisa or Vic, but uh, a number of caucus members have reached out to uh, um, uh, offer uh, offer support. Uh, but in the candidates, uh, you know, the, a big number of the candidates have, have reached out. Uh, um, so I'm certainly feeling a lot of support and it gives me strength um, from, you know, the, bar- the broader party apparatus. Do you still feel loyal to this party? Yeah, yeah, I, I've been a conservative since I was 14, and uh, I'm a proud conservative. I, I, you know, I don't feel what's happened is right, but I also fundamentally believe uh, that this is about Ontario, uh, and uh, um, I don't think Kathleen Wynne serves the best interest of Ontario. I believe she needs to be defeated on on June 7th. Uh, this is a, a great province, and uh, um, she's been holding it back. She's she's taken us in the wrong direction. I've only got a minute and a half left. I want to ask you, you know, sometimes it takes a very dark moment in someone's life uh, to learn the most important lessons. What have you learned? I've certainly learned who my real friends are. Uh, there's people that have just been so good to me during this these dark hours, uh, uh, and you realize uh, how lucky you are. And then you also realize there's friends who are there for convenience or because you have the position, and uh, uh, their flattery, frankly, I now view as, as, as fake. Uh, I also, you know, I didn't need another reminder about how great my, my family and those closest to me are, but uh, boy, have they been by my side. The people I love have just been absolutely uh, uh, terrific. My sister, Fiona, missed the celebration where she, she just became a partner at her a major law firm. She missed her own celebration because she didn't want to leave me, um, uh, she didn't want to leave my side. Uh, it's just, uh, I, I'm as much as I've gone through... Uh, like I've been hit by a truck, um, I'm lucky because of the people I have around me. Anything left unsaid that you want to say? I just want the truth to come out, and I want the people behind this to be exposed. Do you believe it will? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work my heart out to make sure it is. Because you know you have a small window here to do this, because at some point news cycles will get distracted, people will get distracted. Do you actually believe you can clear your name? I believe I can. Ladies, do you have anything else you want to add? I think his name is cleared from my perspective and from everyone I've been talking to. Yeah. I want to thank you all very much for coming in. We pre- I appreciate it. Patrick Brown, Stephanie, and Fiona Brown joining us in studio tonight here on Point. I'm Alex Pierce, and this is On Point here on Global News Radio. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.